Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. I am your host, Mark Seavey, Special Projects Council of the American Legion. And we're actually not doing it from the closet anymore, so I don't know if we need to uh, change our intro music or what. But uh, anyway, uh, I am joined, as always, by Ashley Garbolja-Moldonado. How are you, Ashley? Hello. Trying to figure out what's going on with my hair today. It's just like... Like, just look at this. Uh, for those that are seeing the video, I just, I don't know where this extra long piece of hair came from. Anyway, I am wow. doing quite well. Thank good, you for good. asking. Thank you. And Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, currently in Hollywood, California. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm trying to figure out what's going on with all this yeah. hair. It's just yeah. like, uh, it's everywhere. oh, wait, that's Ash. I was reading Ashley's script. Sorry. Uh, I'm doing well here in California. Hair problems notwithstanding. And uh, I'm I'm still tied for first place in 100 Miles for Hope. What? Yep. So uh, I hope everybody is joining in with that. I did do three miles with my kids this weekend, but I didn't. I couldn't quite figure out how to log it. I, I was too busy withstanding a deluge of them talking because they talked nonstop until we got like... 700 meters from the house then they decided they just wanted to quit and sit in the middle of the street so that was good times real good times <laughs> i hey, wonder where they got that love of talking uh, mm, it's not for me i guarantee you that jeffrey what uh is the shirt department of california or what's the shirt what that's for boy state california that's what i was gonna say i have that exact same shirt i didn't know if nice. it was a uh, and and we talked about it because they sent it to me, and they mentioned that you would probably notice that straight away and, and bring it up. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a uh, California it's voice state is something to behold, let me tell you. It is, it is the inmates running the asylum there, boy. I, and it's, com- it's kombucha all around, all around. I'm pretty stoked for this year's Virginia voice state where my uh, junior counselor will be one Robert Maldonado. Most famously, the husband of Ashley. So we will have quite the week together. I don't know if we're supposed to be recording that week. Maybe I guess I could do it from uh, from Boy State. That'd be kind of fun. All right, well, Ashley. Regardless, you'll from... have mutual tech support because I'll probably be on the phone with him, and then you'll be there in person with him. Yeah, so it's going to be great because know. boy, because of Corona, we have to have one boy per room. But they're keeping the city oh. size the same, so we're going to be spread over two floors of a dorm so robert gets to handle one entire floor and it'll be the floor underneath mine so he can keep an ear out for people walking in the hallway because i will be in bed it's already really really long days there so all right without further ado ashley you have our first story today absolutely so i am uh i pulled up this story it's a cnn politics and it's talking about Nearly 40% of Marines have declined the COVID-19 vaccination. So, as stated, so this 40%, according to data provided by provided to CNN on this previous week or so, 
by the service. The first branch should disclose service-wide numbers on acceptance and um, those that have declined the vaccination. So approximately 75,500 Marines have received vaccines, including fully vaccinated and partially vaccinated servicemen and women. So that's about 48,000 Marines that have chosen not to receive vaccines. Um, So the, I think, decline rate is roughly about 38.9%. So uh, the highest, so far the highest rate at 57%, uh, according to another set of data that was provided to uh, the article, was uh, actually took place at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, um, one of the most predominant Marine Corps bases. Um, So... So of the, I think it's of the 26, it's 26,400 Marines that have been offered the vaccination, 15,100 15, have chosen not to receive them. And that number includes both um, the 2nd Marine Expeditionary Forces and Marine Corps installation East Camp Lejeune. So there's still troops that, you know, have yet to be offered and have, you know, gotten line, if you will, or have accepted or declined. So there's still some folks out there. So this, you know, may or may not go up or down. But right now, the overall average that I'm aware of, and based on some of the uh, data in the article, was at 66% of folks across the different branches. So the Marines were only, what, 60, I think it was like 61, Mark? Yeah, something like that. And I did see another article that said that the uh, Coast Guard was at like seventy five percent, which was that's correct. Yeah, they're so they've got I think like the highest over. Yeah, I mean, I I would think the Coast Guard is probably the most, you know, accessible in terms of being out among the populace. But Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, sixty one percent, sixty one point one percent. So it's not far off from the military estimate of two-thirds, which is about that 66% for the other branches. So what do y'all think? Come on, Jeffrey. Oh, it's like burning inside of you, Jeff. It is burning inside of me. I'm burning on two ends of the stick, and it's not because I'm working hard all night. It's because I'm annoyed across the spectrum. First of all, these Marines who... Who did this math? Because I know it wasn't a Marine. Because there's no way that we came up with percentages and whatever. And second of all, I know that they got stuck so many times and have zero, I mean, zero idea what was going in their body. And now all of a sudden, because this thing has been politicized, all of a sudden, because the proliferation of guy in his mom's basement thinks he knows stuff dot com blogs are telling people that this thing it's unapproved. We don't know what's in it. Bill Gates is chipping us, and everybody is freaking out about what they don't know about, and it drives me crazy. Then on the other side, I'm just a little, I'm a little bit worried about, uh, and this is very California, the people, and it's not uh, if it, if they come over to the left side of the country and go to Pendleton, you're going to hear the whole like. Uh, what do you call it? Essential oils are all you need to fix anything. We don't need to do any of this. If we meditate and rub some lavender on our lip and uh, eat some, drink some of super producer Holly's kombucha, we don't need any of that stuff. And the only thing they'll come together on is they all think Bill Gates is chipping them. And I think it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. 
I really do. And please send the hate mail. Don't care. Can't care. I'm vaccinated. Cough on it if you want to. I'm good to go. And it's uh, I just wish that people would stop politicizing things and making it bigger than it really is. And you're probably sorry that you asked me to speak. But gosh, darn it all. I had to just erupt. No, I I think you raise a lot of good points. I got to defend the Marines on this one. Now, I am vaccinated and I'm not worried about all the conspiracy theories or anything else. But it it hasn't we haven't made it mandatory for him yet. And there's a long standing tradition that you never volunteer for anything in the military. And as long as you're taking this, you're volunteering. That's the first part. The second part is I don't know what the actual thing is. If you said you get the shot and you ne- get the next three days off, that's one thing. But if you've got, you know, if you're going out to the field and they're telling you the day before, oh, you can get vaccinated, I wouldn't take it either because I felt I felt like I had been beaten with hammers after I got shot number two. And if someone had told me I was going to the field the next day, I would have, I would have gone AWOL. There's, I just wouldn't have done it. And ultimately, like, I remember in Afghanistan there were times where it was like, I'm not taking this malaria pill anymore. It's giving me crazy dreams. And if you get malaria, they pull you out of the field and put you in the hospital. And I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, that sounds awesome. Like, I will get a bed and fresh sheets. Like, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. I, it's not mandatory. Until they make it mandatory, I don't think it's that big an issue. But, I mean, it, it would be a bridge too far for me, I think, to just voluntarily take this unless I knew that I had some downtime. Because I went into it knowing I was going to get sick from the vaccinations. And I didn't get as sick as other people, but I did have some issues. And I know I know other people have had issues fe- running a fever and everything. No, nothing major, you know. I, I mean, your point is pretty well. I mean, the, the thing about the chips and how the, how the vaccine will turn you gay. I mean, like, you know, I, I've been watching nothing but Johnny whoa, whoa, whoa. Weir videos whoa, whoa, for days whoa. now. And I'll tell you this. Pause, pause, pause. That was now, actually you started, something I saw. That was hold on, something you started I the show saw online. You started the show wanting to change our script about you being in a closet. And now you're referencing the vaccine turning people gay. Now, I'm, I'm telling you that and you didn't and you didn't you didn't follow it up with and there's nothing wrong with that. Have we learned nothing from Seinfeld? I don't know that we have to say that anymore. There is nothing wrong with it. It's a very think. Costanza. Thank you, Costanza. <laughs> uh, I, you know, so you Marines, you make a they, good point when that, they make it uh, when they make it we need some context when they make disinformation it and vaccine skepticism are running amok. Okay, and I I'm hearing. I'm picking up, I'm picking up what you're putting down on on both ends, right? Like, if I were told, yeah, you got to go in the field and I got to take shot number two. Listen, I have not got shot number two. I've got shot number one, so I will let, I will, I will provide the 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 women experience on that because, like, for any of the ladies out there who you know have a spouse or a partner that is like a big baby when they get sick, like I'm, I don't know, like. Robert used to say this stuff to me. I'm trying to figure it out. So I'll provide in letting you guys know, like, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if I'm going to go out in the field or if I'm going to, you know. Well, that I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know. That whole example, like, kind of twists my brain a little bit. Like, but I respect what you're saying. I understand there's a lot of skepticism out there. 
I understand that it's not, it's a, what is it? It's an emergency authorization, um, emergency authorization from the food and drug administration. And that we've understood that it's been over politicized. I mean, it should never have been politicized. It was, and it's influencing service members opting out of getting vaccinated. Right. As you said, Mark, like, and, and Jeff at different times, various episodes, right? Like, when we line up and we, you know, are going to serve, you know, they just put all kinds of vaccinations and stuff. And we don't ask a whole lot of questions, but because of the nature of the beast here, service members are opting out and the Marines are opting out uh, with a bit of, a little bit of a differentiation compared to the rest of the service branches. Will that change? Maybe. Well, I mean, it'll we'll change when they make it mandatory and they tell them if you don't get it, you're going to get a general discharge under honorable circumstances. Then I'm guessing you'll see a lot of dudes doing it, but I don't Step hate extreme, on it. but which is sure. which is their right right now because in military in the military mm-hmm. the DOD language uh, emergency authorization is still treated the same as experimental. That's so right, and yeah. they and they don't force you know from obvious reasons in history they right. do, they, they aren't putting anything uh, experimental in people. Yeah, and that's that's where my issue comes from. The, the Tuskegee experiments and everything else, it's not as if the U.S. government doesn't have a history of trying things on soldiers. Uh, and Marines do tend to be fairly libertarian in their, uh, you know, outlook on life. Really? <laughs> That's really well, cool. Here's the, That's, here's the difference. Here's the difference between Tuskegee, though. This isn't in secret, one. Number two, it's not, it's not just military. In fact, they weren't even first in line. So no. the, the whole lab rat mentality is false it's just a false narrative i, I i'm not disagreeing with you I, again and I, was... I agree with and i agree with you that we need some more context with this data like is it i don't want to do it because i'm going to the field and don't want to be sick during the field like you said or is it somebody in dc who wears dress blues every day and uh just is like nah i'm good um yeah. it's different but we'll see and it 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 will eventually get to the point where it will be, um, it will be technically approved, um, and then, and then once it's approved, I, I think the writing's on the wall. So they're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, they are. But you know, I again, you know, if I was in a unit that was out in the field doing stuff all the time, I'd just be like, you know what, screw it. If I get corona, they have to seclude me for two weeks with pay. I'll do it. Like I, that, I'm just telling you, that would have been my mentality. Like you couldn't right. be by yourself for two weeks. I, I wish I could. I, I as long it. as he's got his Batman mask, he'll be <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah, well, Batman there's going to be forever. some screaming when my son realizes he doesn't have it in bed with him. All right, let's <laughs> take our quick uh, commercial break here, and we will be back with you in just a second. Hundred Miles for Hope is back, and we're taking it to the next level. This year, you could choose over 40 different activities and track your progress on a handy mobile app. We have sweet swag to commemorate your journey, including tech shirts, baseball caps, hoodies, pins, patches, and challenge coins. All proceeds from these purchases support veterans and military families through the Veterans and Children Foundation. Head to legion.org slash 100 miles to get started. All right, and we are back with topic two from Mr. Daly. All right, you gave me a tough one this week because you're giving me a you give me a story uh, written by Jeff Stopher, mm-hmm. and 
and we only have one episode. So if uh, so, from one Jeff to the other, here we go. Um, this story it's it's multi it's multi level, and it, I'm just going to read his first paragraph. Major General Edward Ned Buxton Jr. of Rhode Island was the beloved commanding officer, future Medal of Honor recipient. Alvin York in the 328th Infantry Regiment, 82nd Division, during World War I. Buxton had famously counseled York, then a private training at Camp Gordon, Georgia, about his Christian reluctance to take another life, even in wartime combat. Now, after this, Buxton sent York home. Ten days, leave. Figure your stuff out. He thought he would become a conscientious objector, and oh no, nothing could be further from the truth. He came back bolstered with his... Uh, his uh, commonality with his commander over their faith and went into war and became a legend uh you you can you can see it in the movie um sergeant york i won't read all of this jeff goes into great detail and i think the story will be in the show notes but i will say after the war lieutenant colonel buxton the uh the commanding officer he worked in the textile industry and continued his dedication by joining the american legion and boy scouts uh i should point out that uh, Buxton was one of the founders of the American Legion. So kudos to you for that. Thank you, because we wouldn't be here without you, sir. Peace. Uh, and are you, uh, I, are you saying though that Jeff Stouffer is loquacious? I'm a Marine. I would never say such a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's very few three syllable words I'm going to use, and that's definitely not. And with a Q, with a Q, I, I would only I, use a Q in Scrabble. That's it. That's the only time I'm using a Q. I, I, Triple letter word. You, right. you've, you've never been in a 15-minute meeting that went four hours unless you've been on with Jeff Stouffer. Like, it, well, it's we are all... not here to, we are not rip, here to rip oh. on Jeff Stouffer. No. Well, see, the thing is, you know, we just did <laughs> that thing where we this. had to say what our favorite podcast was. And I said Jeff, and I, and I sincerely meant it. I love talking to Jeff because he knows all these little stories about the Legion, but... <laughs> well, let's get back to let's get back to Colonel Colonel. Sound. Let's get back to All Lieutenant right. Colonel Buxton. So Lieutenant Colonel Buxton, Buxton helped founded the thing, and he was in the Marine, he was in the American Legion, and the and he helped with the Boy Scouts and did all the things. And he went into the reserves, and he made it. He made it all the way to Colonel, I believe. And then he hung it up in 1932. He's like, I'm done. Give him, put him in my boots now. After Colonel William Donovan, he was also an American Legion founder. He was appointed in 1941 by President Franklin D. Roosevelt to lead the agency that would become the OSS. The OSS? Yes. The Office of Strategic Services, which eventually became CIA. the CIA. The CIA. So the, 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 the most important part of this story is that this guy who, who started out in, uh, he started out uh, I guess mentoring a Medal of Honor recipient went on to do some big things. Uh, and I mean, he even, he was accused of being a spy before he was a spy. He got brought up on charges in several foreign countries and none of them ever stuck. He was a, I guess he was a war correspondent. He was made for this job. Yeah. And I know, I know Mark knows everything about him. So I'm going to start with Ashley so that you might have something to say. Or deep breaths. 
<laughs> just I could just see the angst in Mark's face for those watching the video. He's like, "Yes, I have so much." No, actually, um, I, the the one the only thing I was going to add to all this is the reason I know so much about the CIA is because I'm watching Chuck nonstop, which oh is a TV gosh. show from 15 years ago, <laughs> but I cannot stop watching it. Greatest TV show ever, by the way. <laughs> I. Oh, well, that you say okay. that now, but we have a second season of Space Force. You know, coming. <laughs> we do have that coming. We do. Yeah. We do have that. That that will be fun. But um, overall, my take on this story is just how interwoven one's life, passions, and career will take them. I mean, just looking at the way that Jeff composed the piece. I mean, yeah, I think it's incredibly wild to be accused of being espionage. Hey, we've all interviewed a, a double agent, so I think that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So to to read about someone with who's just larger than life and then realize that there's, you know, just... The the origin story is awesome, and I know we're all like superhero fans on the show. But to see kind of the the roots of the American Legion from the perspective of someone is, I think, it's just really powerful. Um, I I love how all this stuff was done back then, where like this guy was everyone thought he was a spy, so they made him a spy. And I was reading about like the founder of the SAS had like gotten disciplined like four times before they're like hey, we're going to do this really crazy thing where we're going to drop people behind enemy lines and you're going to have dune buggies. And he's like, yeah, I'm all in. And it's like, dude, you don't show up for formation now. And he's like, you know, it's because it's not fun. And then he started doing this stuff. And then I read about other guys. That, like there was one British guy that he just took a bunch of elephants and started going through Burma with carrying huge guns on their backs. And like there was like 300 of them and they invaded China. And it's like... What are you doing? Like, I love these stories about these crazy guys. Like, it's just wild to think about what they tried to pull off. Lawrence of Arabia type stuff. I mean, this stuff is the stuff of of movies. And I would be remiss if I didn't give the old 43 a shout out. Uh, The story was not about Sergeant York, but the movie Sergeant York... Uh, did play mm. at the Turner Classic Film Festival in the venue, the Hollywood Legion Theater at Hollywood Post 43 of the American Legion Department of California, Area 6, District 24. I got all my shout-outs there. I'd never have to buy a drink I, I in was, California ever again. I was again. about you to say, I knew your shout-out today was not going to be for 43, so I was very concerned, very concerned he's, that they he's, weren't going to get He's a good plugger. He's a good plugger. I will say, if if I could plug really quick, so... Another part of the story that I thought was really cool and I thought uh, was really progressive overall was that um, uh, Donovan uh, Donovan Buxton uh, believed that you know the best way into the mind of the enemy was to harness the mind's talents and experience of every kind of American, uh, according to his his grandson who wrote his autobiography or I'm sorry his biography in uh, 2006. And um, that meant that they were hiring women as well as ethnic minorities. um, And they were really just, I mean, they were hiring thousands of women to work in as many types of jobs you could think of. Buxton and the OSS and other war-related positions offered the first relief from any discrimination that at that that time in society was was pretty rampant, right? and it really set the stage for future progression. So I think that's really cool, too. I just wanted to plug that in there. Yeah. Which is cool, because if you think about it, 
they founded the American Legion. So you want to talk about where our roots are, where the, where the depths of our character were birthed. I think we're in pretty good position. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to topic three here. (laughs) And this one cracks me up because it goes right to the heart of all my prejudices, which are, I don't really like officers. Um, And this story cracked me up so much because it's just beautiful, but it's from, uh, I don't even know who actually did this article. Was it, oh, it was it Stars and Stripes. And it's titled, Navy Punishes Author of Letter That Disparaged Enlisted Soldiers at Base in Japan. And basically, a Navy officer penned a letter referring to his enlisted neighbors as deviants and perverts. Uh, the Yokosuka Naval Hospital determined that Lieutenant Nathaniel Allison wrote the letter in which he complained of being forced to live with his family in a building for enlisted, uh, enlisted families, said Task and Purpose. Um, and here's quote, officers are much more respectable and these types of deviant activities are incredibly rare compared to uh, deviant activities of enlisted being commonplace. This enlisted oh, housing what? will increase the risk to my family and mentally cause my family and I to be worried and unhappy due to safety. Now, what a spoiled brat. Before anyway. this even came out, the first thing I saw was this guy had sent out a text message. And I'm going to have to edit it slightly, but he said, The enlisted housing I'm currently in is beyond substandard. I just saw a petty officer drink four, uh, two Four Locos and scream, Even my redacted has abs. <laughs> Which, I just, there is nothing funnier than that. Like, I, I don't care who you are. Like, to see a petty officer saying, even my male genitalia has abs, is hilarious. And the fact that this guy is complaining about these deviants and perverts, I think that reflects well on our enlisted brethren in the Navy, in the Marine, everywhere else. <laughs> Bless you guys for being deviants and perverts. I, I love you for it. I, I cannot I cannot tell you how much I approve of this. Now, I will say that I was being somewhat facetious about my prejudice against officers because the last time I went to Afghanistan, I went with a unit that was basically all officers, and I was in a B-hut with an IG, a JAG officer, the medical guy, a comptroller, and the chaplain. And before I went, I was like, this is going to suck. I'm here to tell you, there is no difference between the way that O4s, majors in the Army talk, and your average E5. The discussions were exactly the same. And I, I will a shout out to the 3rd Sustainment Command, because they also are deviants and perverts, and they're officers, so they're getting paid more. Which means, I guess, they can be even more deviant and more perverted. But shout out to those guys, because they were awesome. But Jeff... I mean, this reflects great on us, right? Oh, my God. I love this story on many, many, many levels. One, did the man not really know he was joining the Navy? I mean, I've heard so many disgusting things from sailors of all ranks. Number two, don't the men reflect leadership? This man needs to take a good look in the mirror. Number three, I have some new gym goals. I need my beep to get some abs. That's it. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I don't know what you got to do to make that happen. But you need abs everywhere, apparently. I think a lot of curls. I'm not really sure. (laughs) 
He's the oh, this guy, this this guy wouldn't. I be, I'm guessing he's not listening to our show because oh, no. if he was listening to our show, he would get some hate mail for sure. But G, how do you how do you lead people? Oh, and he's not super high ranked, was he? I didn't see his no, rank. He's a lieutenant. He's a lieutenant. Well, that's a captain. That's a captain for us. It's a, that's a captain. So, for, still okay. insane. He's an O. He's an O three. So most of the people he's going to lead are going to be enlisted people. Right. And I think there's a disconnect. Record. Total disconnect. Like that, it just makes me angry because it's like, you know, you're you're not better. You're not better. You know, let's hold on. Let me job. let me it's collect my thoughts. Hired... I'm still trying to get weird images out of my head and just <laughs> randomness. Um, well, that's oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just I really believe that this guy needs to like the pedestal needs to be kicked a bit because like you can't be passing judgment on like that. Like your troops will look up to you, and if you look down at them, like they're gonna be like bye. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like. If you can't relate to your soldiers and and I Mark you said it beautifully, sailors. right? Like sailors, excuse me. Sorry, it's the army yeah, in me. I'm so yeah. sorry. But in all actuality, like if you cannot, you know, relate to the people you're going to lead, you're gonna have a lot of troubles. And you're gonna just be like you gotta know how to work with people, not against them, and like this entire dialogue does not sound like this person. Like maybe maybe there was an incident. Maybe there's an incident we're not aware of, right? Like let's take it. Let's look at it from the other perspective, right? Maybe something happened, right? That isn't being reported, right? <laughs> that this guy experienced. I don't know. Maybe he's got a disposition. Who knows, right? Like Ashley, okay, fine. Here's yeah. the incident. I'm gonna break it down for you. <laughs> the, the somebody drank four loco and said. I got Jersey Shores all up in my drawers. Yeah. And that's the incident that happened. Right. That's that's the sole incident? Okay, I mean, all right. Who, who like, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around an officer sees this mayhem going on, and his first thing is, I've got to tweet this. What I have to write to, a letter. What happened to on-the-spot corrections? Like, dude, if you're in charge, then take charge of it. Say, dude, yeah. sober up or... Write them up or Sober up, spot correction, make an example, pull them aside. There are plenty of tactics that can be used. But if your first thing is to go, hold on, let me go get my quill. Yeah. And I'm going exactly. to I'm going to pen a letter about my disappointment to the disenfranchisement of Stop this organization. Officer hate. That's all I'm gonna say. That's our if, new hashtag. If 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 one of my oh, yeah. infantry officers came in front of us and said, You guys are a bunch of deviants and perverts, we would be like, Thank you, sir. Thank you. We appreciate. Thank you for noticing all the hard work a, we put know. into this. Like, just a different mindset. I don't know. Like coming from insane. the enlisted side, like I just <laughs> listen. If you really think, if you are that detached, you need to take a long yeah, walk. Yeah, this is not the Peace Corps, bro. You are in the wrong place. Yeah. Got it. So, all, all right. right, let's take our second ad break while Jeff figures out how to get abs, uh, and we will be back in thirty seconds. The American Legion is Veteran Strength in America. We are in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people, and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. 
Alright, we are back. We're about to go to the rapid fire, which will be rapider than usual, hopefully, because uh, we've got two that are kind of related. The first one is uh, that the White House has announced here in a story from the Washington Examiner, the White House announced that all troops will be pulled out by September 11th. Uh, there's currently about uh, 2,500 soldiers left. Uh, and although, and there's, I think, another thousand special operations forces there. Uh, but this article in the Washington Examiner, hawkish lawmakers and experts skeptical about full Afghanistan withdrawal decision. I mean, I, I, I can only be told so many times we're going to pull out and we haven't. So I, I don't, I, skeptical seems like a good way. And then a second story from Stripes is Pentagon condemns Taliban attack on base housing. I mean, what do you make of this? Are we going to be out by September and does it even matter at this point anymore? I'm, I don't know. I'm it's curious. I, you know what really sticks out to me? For the first thing that sticks out to me is uh, a politician rescheduling uh, a military operation based on the calendar being September 11th. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't think I don't think that it was. I don't think it was changed to that date for any uh, any other reason you don't other they, than publicity. They marked it all out and they're like, okay, it'll take us 24 hours to do this and six hours. Yeah, to I do just it. yeah, I, I, that's troubling. Mm -hmm. The attacking the base housing aspect of this, um, I don't know that it's I don't I don't know that it's a it's a surprise that uh, a, a group. A group that we know as the Taliban would would uh, wage their war in that kind of fashion. Um, it also, but it also shows me if they were able to pull it off, maybe we don't need to leave and create a vacuum where they uh, can take over and control an, an actual nation state. Um, so those those are things that I think we have to think about, and I really hope that we aren't just leaving for a great photo op and anniversary celebration of uh, starting this victory. You know, I just hope that that's not the case. Yeah. Ashley, what do you got? I just want to clarify. You combi you combined it rapid fire one and three? Yes. Correct? Okay, all right. I'm trying to keep my story straight, but I know they're related in some. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I look at these things... And I just, as you said, like the decision to bring troops home by September 11th, that was the first thing that, that caught my eye. I was like, I don't know. I just feel like we're in like a forever war and it's just right as, you know, the what 20th anniversary is going to be kicking up. People are going to be trying to like, I don't know, I forever I war. I'm I, just confused what the Taliban was thinking. Like, like what yeah, was their, I don't, I, unless it's just a PR thing within, I mean, usually when you attack somebody, the U.S. is usually like, oh, no, you didn't. Like, now we're going to stick around. I mean, I, mean, they right. can't, I don't know. The whole thing just seems a little manufactured to me, but. I mean, it's disruptive. Um, as, yeah. it, as it quoted, like it says, you know, we condemn the attack and we believe this decision to provoke even more violence remains disruptive. Um, and this was. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby, um, who said that, and he goes on to say, I can't deliver a comprehensive analysis of what we believe they were trying to achieve or what message they were trying to send, right? So it's like, yeah. really? And then it's just, then you, you tack on the hawkish lawmakers and 
experts speculate about full Afghanistan withdrawal decision and you you take note of the day, you take note of like who's doing it right and I don't know, you could probably look up these these folks and see what they're what they have and have not voted for, you know, all of the things that they were pro or con in past or with administration changes. I always think that's interesting. So when I see stuff like this, that's the first place I look. I mean, I thought we were supposed to be out by May 1st, but what do I know? Yeah. All right. So second one, this is a, this is a startling story for me. I, like I sent this to Jeff earlier in the week. And I just was like, oh, this is God. insane. <laughs> VA staffer used medical records to stalk and harass female yeah. vet lawmakers demand reforms. This is from Military Times. Yeah. Basically, this woman called in to receive some sort of treatment, and the call center guy started talking to her. Then he looked her up on social media, and then he looked at all her medical records, and then he kept calling her and harassing her. Wrong. There's not a hole deep Terrible. enough for this guy, is there? Jeff, what do you got on this one? Uh, it, these things are... I mean, we could go on and on about how inappropriate and whatever, all of that. Uh, but the, the thing is, is that that stuff is obvious, and I don't want to harp on that. The thing that always uh, startles me is things like, oh, we have to make new policies now. I'm pretty sure this was wrong to begin with. Like, it, all you have to do is string this loser up for all to see and... People will understand these rules that we already have in place mean something. Don't be a friggin' creeper ever. And for sure, don't use government resources to be a friggin' creeper. Like, that's it. That's it. That's all I have to say. Well said. Uh, Well said. Disappointing. And yeah, this guy just needs to be made an example of. It's unacceptable. I, I agree with your one point, though, Jeff. Like, let's not make new policies. This already violated 15 policies. There's really no need yeah. to make up a super special rule that we're going to name after this guy. Just nail his carcass to the wall and leave it there until it decays. You know, this as a warning to others. Wow, All right, Jeff, so we'll end on a happy note. We'll end on a happy note here, Jeff. Space Force Field Command to be located at L.A. Military Base. Jeff. How soon will you be enlisting, or are you going to work as a civilian over at Space Force? No, I'm going to tell you this, though. Uh-huh. I go to that base. That's the closest base that I could go see. Go to the exchange and, and such like that. And I I already peeped their little shoulder patches looking for, looking for Space Force because uh. I'm in a post of 1,300 or closer to 1,400 now. We don't have a single person in Space Force, and I'm going to recruit one. I mean, the last time I went there... The the guy letting in letting you in the gate, like you check your ID and go on go on. He didn't just have it on his patch; he had it on his chest. It had like name on one side, space force, and the other. Oh. And I and he was a captain. And my first thought was, what did he do that he has to stand here and check IDs and let people in the gate? Wow. But my second my second <laughs> thought was, he's in space force. I should recruit him, but. There's people waiting. and He's I, a captain in the Space Force, and he's doing the entry control point. Not 100% great. 100% ID check. Not great. Wow. <laughs> Ashley, what do you And I hope he doesn't recognize me for saying that about him. <laughs> oh, my, I, you know, when I saw this, I was like, I guess I might have to come out to L.A. now. So 
there's Jeff, there's Post 43, there's all the sites and grandeur, and now we have the Space Force I think command. more importantly, that's a huge BAH. That's got to be... Yeah, that's going to be uh, huge. Yeah, you're going to be... I mean, I'm in D.C. Duckets. I know what the BHA is out here, but damn, yeah. okay. Woo. Yeah, yeah, would be nice. All right, all right. All right, we're, <laughs> we are, uh, we're going to go to shout moved outs. to LA. We're going to go to shout outs, and <laughs> today, the only one I think we have is Jeff. So go, Jeff. It is, and this one's, this one's super cool, um, but it's not that I'm ignoring you people or treating you as if I'm an officer and you're an enlisted housing being <laughs> deviant perverts, but my information is over here on this screen. Okay. Um, this is out of Sparta, Wisconsin, post 100. Uh, they do this big, massive ceremony to honor uh, members or legionnaires who have passed, right? So they do, and this year, because of the pandemic, they, I have to do two years worth. And I mean, they make it a really big deal. There's all these plaques on the table that I assume go to families. And, uh, and the news picked up on this. And I'm just going to say, Sparta Post 100, you're 100% awesome for doing this. And I thank you for honoring uh, the service of those who are going on to what we in the American Legion call Post Everlasting. And this is a, this is a great idea that I, I hope kind of catches on, that we don't just read their names on Memorial Day, which is, admittedly, that's what we do. And... I, I, I love this whole idea because it's one of the things that should be really important is honoring the past or preserving the past, uh, making the present and preparing for the future. Those are the kinds of things that we need to get involved with, not just symbolically, but they're actually out there doing it. Sparta Post in Wisconsin, I honor you with your accent and I say that you're 100% awesome. Terrible love Wisconsin it. accent. Yes, it was very bad. You know, I said I didn't have a shout out, but I would like to give a shout out to that petty officer who has abs on his redacted. That I, I that that is the one story I've read all week that has had me giggling nonstop. Just such a spectacular. The story had it all. It's drunken NCOs, completely out of touch lieutenant. Just awesome. All right, folks, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find the podcast. While you're there, don't forget to rate us. Five stars. Five stars. And leave a review, maybe uh, a really thoughtful note. We will read it on a future episode. Look, producer Holly is editing on the fly here. Uh, you can also send us feedback, love notes, death notes, whatever you want. Tango Alpha Lima at legion.org. I will give you a challenge. What is the funniest thing you've ever heard, much like this NCO's uh, comments? Uh, and don't worry about making it safe for the air because it'll just be us reading it. But we will get a good <laughs> chuckle out of it because there is nothing funnier than a classic line like that one. So, all right, guys, uh, don't be stingy. Share us with all your friends, and we will see you next week. Bye. Don't forget to do crunches and leg lifts. Bye.